0: Welcome back to the Gather Global Podcast. This week I've got Adam Cable with me, and we launched two weeks ago now, so we are officially live. Adam, it's real. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting couple of weeks. You you never know these things how they're going to be received, but even pre-launch we were getting messages that I don't know how people are coming across the site, but. from from really remote locations um, outside of our networks which is interesting but it's good to see that one of the pillars of what we try to create is a a community that isn't just based in one sector of golf it isn't based in one location and i think our members really represent that we've got people from uh, all different walks of life from different um, countries different continents and um, a real mix of people which which again from a brand value having that vibrancy in the community it's been really positive so far. So I know you've spoken to a lot of people on more of a one-to-one basis. How, how have they been feeding back on, on Gather and where we're at?
0: Yeah, lots of great feedback, uh, some really valuable ideas and also some fantastic offers to contribute. So there's certainly plenty of um, additional amazing content opportunities and avenues that we can go down and we we certainly did a lot of thinking about what our main content pieces and opportunities and events could be for membership prior to launching but it just shows you the power of the collective mind once you open that out so that's really really exciting to me and you know there's there's many experienced uh, influential senior figures um who've joined already and one of the great comments that came out and why did you join Gather? was that they were very curious is it possible to make some of the positive changes in the industry that they also know are required but they aren't yet sure how we can influence these as a collective given the existing structures that exist in the industry so it was really interesting that they still felt know, they want to come in and see is this possible through a collective and that that for me was just a massive validation of us putting gather out there and, and seeing if we can make you know something happen so You know, the feedback's obviously been hugely positive and energising. One bit of feedback, though, Adam, is around the controversy of the brand, you know, and how provocative Gather's going to be. Have you got any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's been a really interesting piece of feedback. I think we've had a lot of senior people in the industry, particularly, that are really embracing and the message really resonates. But they're just going to sort of keep an eye on what we're up to for the next few weeks because... They don't know exactly what our execution and approach is on on the big questions, the the elephant in the room questions, the the element of sort of poking the bear on the big topics in golf. Um, I think as people will see, we're not out there to to be personal. We're not out there to to, uh, attack people for the sake of attacking people. It's all about positive, balanced discussion. Uh, We want all all elements of the golf industry represented in that debate. Um, But we don't want to shy away from the big questions. And the questions that, we refer to as, as beer chats, all those chats that people have behind the scenes, but never get brought to the to the domain of the industry um, and really debated uh, in the right way. So there's definitely that element. But I think people will see, see our execution, see how we, we deliver things is in a very uh, constructive manner. I think the other thing is that although we are going to be a little bit disruptive in places, it's also about putting um, the spotlight on the positive things in golf. There's a lot of great things that already happen that just go under the radar. So as much as you'll see some content pieces, some events that that maybe poke the bear, you'll also see a lot of positive highlights um, in case studies of of what's going on in industry that that's great learning for everyone involved. Yeah, fantastic. I'm really looking
0: forward to discovering more of these and you know based on the amount that I've learned even just in the last two weeks, and you're know, thinking that I knew the industry reasonably well. There's just an incredible amount of stuff going on out there um, and there, there is a lot of innovative thinking and there, there are people trying to break through into the industry with, with really futuristic and modern ideas and thinking. So there's some there's some great stuff that we can dig into. And um, today, of course, Adam, we spoke to Augustin Pisa from Mexico and I came across Augustin a few years ago and we, we since connected and chatted about a few of the, the cool projects that he's been involved with but also his experiences when he was in Scotland studying at Edinburgh University. And there was a fascinating blog that the university put on their alumni site a few years ago that I came across. And that was what made me really curious to chat to Augustine about the future of golf around the world and and just you know what's shaped him to think about
1: things the way that he does. What did you learn the most from this chat that we had, Adam? The biggest thing is creativity. Um, it's a word that's not really used in golf that much. There's not many discussions that are um, focused around creativity, but it's really interesting just to see how he brought that into his day job, um, but also where where he took inspiration for creativity, which um, when the, the listeners are, uh, are hearing the podcast and, and hearing Augustine speak, that really comes across and and for me is is a real question mark to go, where does my creativity come from?
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, without further ado, Let's jump into that conversation, the podcast with Augustine Pisa. Okay, so welcome to my fellow Mexican-Scottish friend. And uh, I have to say, before I I discovered Greek food from my mother-in-law, Mexican food was by far my favorite food in the world. So, <laughs> so I actually regarded myself as a Scottish Mexican. I living in Glasgow and I was always seeking out the Mexican Super. restaurants. Um, and the, the, the reason we have you on the podcast, Augustine, is because, of course, you have your own tartan jacket. And it's, uh, there's a very cool story about this. There's a, an alumni article from the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. And we'll put a, a link to this article in the show notes for listeners to check out afterwards. Really nice interview piece. And I, I love your very interesting and diverse family history, which was mentioned. And not many people have a Tarzan <laughs> stunt double as a great uncle, I would imagine. <laughs> um, so that, that, was quite, that was quite a cool thing to read. Um, and, you know, you're, you're incredibly accomplished across various fields, Augustine, not just as a, a designer and a golf course architect, but also, really, in making a, a difference to the game and the industry through your work, to try and make it more accessible and changing the perceptions about who golf is for. And it's actually really a, both an honour and A little bit daunting to have a guest on who's worked with the greatest golfer of all time. Um, So please go easy on on Adam and I for this first (laughs) guest episode. And uh, perhaps if you have any little nuggets from your time working with Mr. Nicholas, you can share them at some point later. Um, And we've already introduced you to our Gather community and people can read a bit more about you at your website, www.pizatgolf.com and your your LinkedIn updates, which are very cool, and also your Instagram. And I read a, a wonderful little anecdote from you just last week about how you met your favorite musician recently and it was linked with one of your work projects would you be able to share that with our listeners as well
2: oh that is great thank you very much Adam Colin I am just I am just ecstatic to be here because I love what you guys are doing I love to break paradigms I love uh, the disruptive side of uh, architecture and of our industry so uh, I I, I like where this is heading best of luck as well because I know where this is one of the early podcasts and uh I'm delighted and honored as well to be here. So thank you. Let's yep. let's uh, let, let thank you let, I'll tell I'll tell you about the story. I've been very lucky to say the least and sorry that I lost my uh my my Scottish accent. Uh, I also have to apologize for that.
1: It's okay. Today so can be uh, some
2: practice. It, you can learn it again yeah, today. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, close your eyes. It might feel like you're back in Edinburgh.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I will. It will. It will. And I'll just put the AC all the way down to minus four. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 um, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been very lucky, Colin. Very, very lucky in my career to have great, great uh, artists, musicians that have inspired me. And uh, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about the Brazilian Brazilian uh, musician, George ben who's one, you know, he's one of my favorite. I saw him in the year 2000 when I went to Copacabana for New Year's at that time. Um, and, and, and since then, I was just listening to his music. One of the artists, where I, how I get inspired. And the story goes, just a long story short, uh, we started remodel to remodel Itananga in Rio de Janeiro uh, a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. And what happened is that that he was one of the members. And when he was there, I'm like, wow. So I approached him and said, "Oh, George, pleasure about everything that you do. You know, my admiration." The story goes at the end when we were actually on the inaugural shot on the on the opening of the golf course. He goes back to me when he finishes and he says, Agustino, you know, I really loved your design. Uh, congratulations. Thank you for doing this for our club. And I'm like, this is George Benjour telling me that <laughs> yeah, he loved yeah. my project. And I'm, and I said, George, stop, stop there. I mean, I have to admit this is half of your work because when I was designing and I was drawing, I was, I was listening to your music while I was detailing the golf course. So uh, it was a great experience. We gave each other a big hug. It was like wow, maravilloso. So it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And uh, but I, like I said, Colin, I've, I've been very lucky as well in in my career in, in getting inspired by, by, uh, by by these types of things. And uh, another, you know, a dear friend of mine from the UK is uh, Paul is uh, Paul Heaton. I don't know if you know it. He's a musician. He's uh, one of, I think the most underrated musician in the UK, in the history of the UK. And uh, he's a dear friend of mine. And we have also have a piece on him that I would love for you guys to share it. It is about the similarities of the, his set list on, on tour and how we design an 18 hole golf course because an 18-hole golf course, a very well-designed 18-hole golf course, golf course is a good story. It's like a good book, like a good movie, like a good set list. So when we were chatting away, we were talking about how we created the 18 holes and how he creates his set list. You know, if he starts off with a big bang or if he, you know, cools down a little bit and then maybe gets a, a restroom break and then goes out and then goes in. And then it is how he arrives to the climax and how we arrive to the climax on whole 15, 16 or 17, depending on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, and the surroundings and the objectives of the golf course, it's the same thing for him or for musicians when they do their set list. Are they playing for fans? Are they playing in a festival? Are they playing It depends on that, so the set list changes, which I thought it was very cool to, 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 uh, to talk about at that point. So I, I wrote an article on that as well.
0: Fantastic, um, and for me, um, Augustine, you know that's kind story. Just it tells me a lot about what kind of person you are and, and what matters most to you. And Adam and I, we both also know you as from our, our recent conversations as someone who will passionately speak their mind on topics that matter. Actually, we talked about a couple of elephant in the room questions for this conversation, Augustine, and actually I think that they, they potentially link with each other anyway. And you know that we were we were thinking about these in advance. So the one would be you know, the Latin America question for the golf industry and how does the, the, the game develop in Latin America, but also kind of closely linked as a topic that you and Adam have been talking about recently. And that's misplaced experts, you know, people who aren't maybe qualified um, in the way that potentially they, they are appearing or that they, they, they um, say that they aren't. And, you know Adam and I have I've had some experience of working uh, and connecting with a number of people around world golf but you've done that on a, on a massive scale as well around different continents and different countries and I think it's fair to say that if um, if I was being honest you know a lot of when you spend a lot of time working primarily in the UK over a period of time you you do you know you you have your issues with some of the traditional barriers because the, the game is so established here in one sense but you also have a bit of a comfort zone and you're when you then come out of that, and um, like I've done in the, in the most recent years, and Adam's done through his role at CMM, you talk to a lot of people in other countries where the game's trying to develop, and it's really the roots of the game. You, you actually don't really know who are the best people to speak to, and you don't know, you know who can you trust, what, are, what reasons are people in it for. Um, and that's a conversation that you've had with Adam, I've had with you as well. you get, you get any thoughts on that that we could dip into?
2: Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, growing, it's a growing game, so it's a growing pain. It's a little bit of both. No, it comes with the territory. It's uh, it, it's it's it, uh, Latin America is an emerging market. I think uh, uh, I, I'm a firm believer that not you know Mexico is not rich in golf history, but it is very rich in golf tourism, in golf uh, resorts, in golf resort style architecture. I think it's one of the leaders, if not if not the. Uh, uh when when you mix in the food when you mix in the service the quality of service the weather the mountains five oceans uh it, it, including caribbean pacific the the you know jack cousteau called the uh, gulf of Baja california the uh, the aquarium of the, of the world so um it is it is when you mix everything in i think and and and, and and forget about me being Mexican. I objectively think that Mexico has the number one resort all around 360 pound for pound uh, uh, resort style golf course out there. So it is an emerging market, but then again, we only have a little bit over 200 golf courses. And and when you're talking, I mean, just just Scotland, obviously the, the, the home of golf, it has what, around 500 uh, so, so just imagine with all that history, you guys are four hundred five hundred years a- ahead and uh and and we 're we 're just over the two hundred mark so we need to get there to where Spain is at least uh which I think we will in the next twenty thirty years but um i I think at, at the end that you you 're going to find a lot of growing pain so and it it's, and it's it 's kind of weird i 'll put it this way, Colin. I think is the most dangerous thing at all, or, or to go into the elephant in the room, the most dangerous thing out there on any subject is the illusion of knowledge. And when you, when you, when you think that you know you, something, that's the most dangerous stuff, when you have the illusion of that knowledge. And I think that golf in general, but golf design, golf architecture is the one of the most underestimated uh, 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 skills or, or, uh, or jobs or what or, or disciplines out there. I think that it's very normal to think that somebody that plays scratch can design a golf course. And yes, of course they can. It's just going to be different. Like I, I like to say, there's no, there's no ugly golf course at the end of the day. It's a nice walk in the park. But there are very badly designed and very badly constructed golf courses, yes, so, so it just depends it just depends on who uh, and 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 if that person is honest with themselves, but at the end, like I said, I cannot blame them because they are being honest with themselves because they don't know what they don't know it's not mm-hmm. it's like any like like in other disciplines
0: you know you mentioned there about. Latin America being a, a growing market and obviously specifically the growth within Mexico itself. If someone, you know, there's obviously many, many people around the world that work within the golf industry and all different areas of the golf industry and there's many who care about, you know, on a business level as they should, but also just on a developmental level, how can we get involved in that opportunity and how can we take the game forward in some of these countries? What would be, you know, the best way to educate yourself on the the... Central American and Latin American South American or e- everywhere in that part that of the world That sounded like how a song best, no Yeah how, <laughs>
2: would
0: you, how would you how would you how you best educate you know, yourself in that American, part well, <laughs> Yes
2: uh,
0: I'll, I'll I, I was always slagged in my in my last work <laughs> Augustine, for never quite being able to get the right terminology for the part of the world that I was discussing. But um, I'm pretty sure you, you know what I mean.
2: Hopefully, okay. I loved it, Colin. I loved. I imagined you with pineapples and stuff uh, yeah, you know, on yeah. top of your head. All, I all sorts of stereotypes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, with that said, with that said, and not not only from Latin America, Colin. I think uh, you know some parts of Asia are emerging. Uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, there are different types where there. Are, I think golf, golf isn't a very good, good and uh, healthy spot right now, especially with what we with what happened with the what's happening with the pandemic. But regardless of that, regardless of where you are geographically, it it, it is about the respect for nature, respect for for the game, respect for its history. Once you study all of that then you can start mixing it up. I love to say, I mean, in, in my 22 years in the industry, I have, I have been 19 years studying, touching the sacred grounds in Scotland. You know, I lived there for a couple of years. I, I, I play them, I study them, I caress them, I breathe, I, bre- I, I, I breathe them. I, I was just out there trying to learn everything that I could and absorb it, reading the books, Studying the guidelines, reading the rules. Until you know all of that, then you can become, then you can start to experiment. I I like to call it the magic part of architecture, where you start designing with the exceptions. But for that, you need to know all the rules, and you need to understand, and you need to respect, and you need to study them. So to go back to your question, I don't care if you're from Latin America or from the States, again, Question everything you think you know, always. Critical thinking. So not because you were born on a golf course and you know all the eti- etiquette, you know, how to, you know how to develop a golf course. Yes, so study uh, EIGCA, European Institute of Golf Course Architects. That, I, I became a student member in 2003. And since then I worked my way up to student member, then graduate member, And then associate member until I became the first Latin American senior member of the Institute. So those are the things that you have to push. If you don't push yourself, nobody's going to do it for you. And the same with the American Society of Golf Course Architects. It only took me uh, 21 years to become a member there. So, uh, But that's because that was a lot of work. That was a lot of hustle. That was a lot of uh, year in, year out. And that's a lot of earning. So I've earned those too. And I love it. And I cherish it, and I honor it, and and that's part of. I, I like to say those are my majors. You know, I wasn't gonna win when I started golf architecture. I wasn't gonna win a major anytime soon. So I wasn't gonna design as a brand. So I had to design as an architect. How was I gonna do it? First of all, I studied architecture. I'm a licensed building architect,ure a five year degree architect. On top of that, I said I'm gonna do my master's degree in golf course architecture from the University of Edinburgh, one of the top one of the top places in the world. So when you start doing all that and diploma courses and, and anything and books and everything, then you push yourself to be the best. I, I, it's just a coincidence that I'm from Mexico, man. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't care if I was from China or if I was from Africa, I was going to do the same. So it depends on you if you have it or not. And not, not talking about talent. Talent gets you only to a certain level. You have to have perseverance. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And Augustine, in terms of where you find yourself, you've obviously been around the world. You're you're very clued up on what's happening globally, um, not only in the architecture scene, but the golf industry scene. This must be obviously an exciting, but also slightly daunting prospect of you're going to be one of the pioneers to really develop the game of golf. Um, and I think especially with, with the guys in the architecture design firms, they're not just designing nice courses, but they're designing business models. They're designing potential economies built around it. They're developing potentially societies um, in in those local regions. So in terms of the opportunity for for Latin America, but also um, the opportunity to have a a blank sheet of paper, not the traditions that sometimes hold back other developed parts of the world. um, Do you think that's a bit of a blessing or a curse?
2: oh completely a blessing completely completely i i am very lucky that i that i was brought up i was brought up on sports and that's where my first passion comes from sports and then and then i knew that i wanted to become a, an architect when i was 11 years old and without hesitating i signed up at the uni for architecture those are things that i cannot explain they they just happen. but i i did it so then i wanted to mix sports with architecture and that's when Golf architecture discovered me when I started or retook golf when I graduated from uni. Because I used to play it when I was little for, for a little while, for a wee bit. But at the end, I wanted a different sport. So I played American football all my life. I played uh, uh, tennis. I played basketball, et cetera, because I, I needed a little bit more action when I was, when I was little. Uh, so w- when I graduate, I go back and I, and, I, and I start golf. I pick up on golf because I got it it took me a little while to get it, you know, to, uh, it took me a little bit of, to be a little bit more mature to get and to cherish the fantastic game of golf. It is just something that you, that it just, it's just gets to you. And that's what happens to me. So I can identify, I have speaking about the blessing part, I can identify with my clients because I don't come from a golfing background per se. Yes. I, I, I And I, and I, so I understand when when my client doesn't play golf. I understand when their directors don't play golf. I understand it, and I can explain it better. And I think that I can also design the complex better because I have them in mind. I have all of that in mind. Uh, and and when I and, and with that, of course, I've studied all the the shots, the the, the shot values, etc. I probably can't make them. You know, I'm I'm not Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not going to bend the ball like that. But I know that he can bend it so I can be a very good coach. I know what he can do. I know his strengths. I know his weaknesses. And I know the other 10 that are playing. So to me, it's like being a good coach when you create that 18-chapter book like I was telling you about when you're creating an 18-hole uh, story to tell. So with that said, the how I like to compare it, if I may, is, you know, growing in this environment where you have a blank canvas and you, and you, and, and we weren't born with, with these stuck up with that area, with that angle of golf that this is, you know, this is, this is the the square. And this is where the square is going to fit the square. Don't try and fit a a sphere. Don't try and fit a triangle. It's not going to fit. It's it's only the square. So since I did, since I wasn't born that way or raised that way, in the golf architecture side, I I imagine myself. I, I, I was recently in January. I was honored to be in the top one hundred Forbes uh, most creative Mexican uh, most creative Mexicans in the world list. And you had Alfonso Cuarón, you know, our, 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 our Oscar winner. <clears throat> you had you had the three Oscar winners right there on top of. Other other influential people like Salma Hayek, etc. And there's Agi Piza right there. Uh, you know, it, it was it was it was just like a huge uh, blessing, like you call it. Which is it, it is it is just amazing how how as as a Mexican or a Latin American, you usually are afraid when you're growing because you don't know if you're doing the correct thing. I, I didn't come from that background. So you start experimenting, you start breaking the rules, you start or bending them, you start being disruptive, and it's a, it, it's it's it, it's it's taking a risk. It's being out there on a limb, creating wellness golf, creating golf lounge, putting a fire pit in front of, in, in the middle of a bunker. That's not normal. Yeah. So, yeah, but absolutely. I don't like normal. I can't do anything normal. So really? when when it, when I have my own my when when I have my own blank canvas. I'm I'm trying to break those those glass ceilings and just trying to break them and break them and break them, and just see where they get see where that gets me, and 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 it got me you know to a to a certain extent, alongside these creative minds that have won I don't know five out of the seven Oscars lately, it's crazy, so I I mean I I don't I wouldn't have never compared myself to them. But Forbes did, so I guess I'm lucky.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, and on that to really break through and be a bit more of a mainstream sport. How would you sort of tinker with the golf model, uh, the design model, to get it, it golf um, out there and, and played by the masses in Latin America?
2: Well, uh, the first thing you have to go through the history. It, we we never learned it that way, you know. In Scotland, you have the meadows; you can just go and sign up and play for free. Uh, you have some some links courses that are just out there for for uh, i don't know whatever 8 pounds 10 pounds 12 quid in in Mexico and in the rest of Latin America how we knew golf was in a segregated fenced area where the british came in either to either to work on the petrol or to work on the mining industry that's how we learned it 120 years ago So the the second, let's go, we remodeled like the the second oldest uh, golf course in in Mexico, which is in Tampico. And that was a a petrol site. And it was a, it was, it was a British petrol site. And what did you guys, what, what did you guys do? It's normal. It's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to build my nine hole golf course because I love it. And I, and I I miss, and I miss home and I'm going to do this. So they created a golf course with the Mexican labor, blah, blah, blah. And then they fence their own their own area, because it's their village. It's their area that was acquired and and set for them for the mining or the or the petrol business. So that's how we grew up with it. We always we never saw an open golf course. It was always after the fence. Then a few years later, uh, a group of of, of uh, you know young entrepreneurs or or businessmen they said, hey, I. I I like this sport. This is kind of cool. Let's create our own. How are they going to do it? They're going to cut and paste. They create their own golf course. They fence it out, and now it's And that's how the country clubs came out. So the the, the 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 regular public model, we don't know it yet. But that's what we're working for, and that's and part of my part of of what I would like to think that I'm going. We're going to influence. Is, with, uh, is creating public facilities uh, around Mexico. Public, I mean, proper public, where you have the municipality, where you have the state, where you have the, uh, the, the, uh, the government join in and creating these great areas. Because golf, as you know, I mean, golf, you can, cri- you can critique everything you want, but it's the only sport or, or one of the only pure sports that shows you and develops virtues. It's one of the only, it's the only sport that doesn't require a referee. Nobody's going to, every time you play golf, the first things that they tell you is be quiet, you know, uh, watch your shadow, uh, you know, be honest, do this, that counted, that not. And it's the best way to bring out your true colors. And it's the best way to know uh, if you want somebody to be your friend or your business partner is taking them out to the golf course because the true colors are going to come out. They are going to come out. So, and I'm not talking of even people that could cheat on the golf course. And uh uh-uh, you saw the ball that moved, and then and then and then uh, you know all of a sudden he, somebody parred the the, the golf hole. It's about his his way of being, how he treats. You know, if he if he has two or three bad shots, he or she, how is he treating the 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 cart lady? How is he treating the staff? How is he treating the caddy? because that's when you know the quality of a person. In terms
1: of development and learnings and critical thinking, one of the elephants in the room, probably in Latin America was the the Olympics, the Rio Olympics and the Olympic golf course. Um, I've heard a few urban legends that it's sort of ceases to exist. It's now sort of wasteland. Um, somebody else has told me, no, it's up and running and it's fully functional. What, what's the Olympic legacy and what are the learnings from the Olympics?
2: That is that is a very good one. And that is something that it, it has hit hard because um, obviously it, it was it was meant and it is meant to be uh, a statement for Latin America. Now, Brazil, this is the Olympic course. Let's, let's remember, this is the Olympic course in Brazil. And Brazil is one of the toughest mark, golf markets out there. And it's one of the slowest, and uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a big challenge to do that. And I think, and I because because I've been there. Our our project in Itananga, in Rio de Janeiro is twelve minutes away from from Gilhan's uh, uh, Olympic golf course, which is a beautiful design. As a matter of fact, we are as we speak of uh, competing for the best golf course in Brazil award as we speak. So fingers crossed will fingers crossed we'll end in second place because Guild Han's golf course is just beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> I think they did a fantastic job. Uh Itananga is a beautiful place. But I think what real what the Olympic course brought to Latin America and Rio de Janeiro and Brazil is is very positive in a way that people now know and are aware. The first thing that you're going to create is awareness. After that, I don't know. It's not our, our, you know, it's not our fault or anybody's fault if people don't cling. But now they know about golf. Now they know it's out there. Now they know that you know uh, birds and it migrated and 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 now it's a reserve for nature and for the these types of uh, flora and fauna. And yes, it has been struggling but that's because it's normal. It's normal. We're we're years and decades and and centuries away from golf in other other countries. So I think that it's a a great example. It's a great design. It's a great way of, of doing things. Now from there, now it's in the hands of the Brazilian Golf Federation. And that brings that really just opens up another box because you know in, in Latin America, since we don't have that tradition, sometimes it's difficult to operate the golf course when when, when there's never there has never been a golf course that important in Brazil at the, in that in that re, in that regards yes, there are very good I mean there's a Tom Fazio golf course over there a beautiful there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of private very good golf courses in, in Brazil, like the one that we redesigned. But going the other way of the spectrum, going public, going opening, that, that's a different story. That's gonna take some time still. The golf course is still there. The golf course is operating. Uh, it was a great job. You guys should probably interview Pro Golf uh, uh, Brazil, the construction company there are out of Portugal. I would love to recommend you to those guys because they 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 did a great job out there, and uh, and they also remodeled mine. So uh, so it could be a it could be a good chat with uh, with with golf in Brazil.
0: Fantastic! I'm glad you've got your answer to the burning question, Adam. You were asking me, and I um, I thought I was on one side of the spectrum, so I won't tell you which one it was. But I'm I'm glad to hear this. I'm glad to see you that it's still operational, Augustine. And and um, the uh, it sounds like there's a. Po- potential here that we might bring in uh, a conversation in one of our other gather events which is called our gather hack uh, where we try and crack a nut somewhere in the golf industry You know, and potentially that's one that we could try and look at how can you bring the, the public and participation element into somewhere like Brazil with an opportunity like that when they have the actual facility and the yeah. environment and, but maybe not the, um, the governance and the knowledge uh, yet to fully uh, take advantage of it.
1: Everyone in golf seems to be striving for the one-size-fits-all model. Um, golf, everyone's trying to make it very black and white. Here's the guidelines that everyone should follow. I mean, that just emphasizes that there really isn't a one-size-fits-all, and it's key, it's key to have experts in your area, experts of the local um, economies, the local societies, the local cultures. Do you find that quite a lot? Do you get quite a few people come to you and sort of enforce how things should be done? In, it may be... Um, a European
2: or an American way in Latin America, completely all the time, all the time, uh, and and that just and that just uh, pumps me up because I know they're not going to get it. So it's yeah. it's it, it, it's something that that just you know it 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 moves my blood. I'm like, okay, fantastic, this is what you want. Okay, put your seatbelt on because what's going to happen at the end? You're going to love it. But you're going to have to learn to love it, and that is that is some one of my when it, when we created wellness golf, which was a concept of just you know taking your shoes off, earthing, enjoy nature, connect with nature. Uh, it's about wellness. It's about your your wellness. So what is your wellness? If it's meditating, meditate. If it's if it's enjoying a cigar with a mimosa, do, do it. If it's if it's if if it's playing a round of golf with music. Do it. It's about your well-being. It's about being selfish for for a wee bit. Yes? That's the that's the thing. That's what we're that's what I'm looking for with with the people that I design for. I designed it took me 19 years to discover that I should be designing for the non-golfer. We already have the golfers captured. Why would I design for the golfer? Let's design for the non-golfer. The other 90 eight percent of the people if they like it if if the wife of my client at the end of the day says holy moly i love this i have to take a thousand pictures that's what i love my client's gonna like it anyway he plays golf so on top of that he's going what i what i like to penetrate inside my clients is their eyesight because love comes from the eyes so the eyesight, the first thing that they're going to see is a grass sculpture. I, I like to design grass sculptures that, by the way, are functional. And that's architecture. Architecture is functional art. When you understand that, then you design with another with another with other angles. Yes. Then you design uh, with with other with other features. So the first thing that I'm thinking about is how do I design a work of art? How do I design a grass sculpture that then plays to all of the, and you, Adam, would, would appreciate this, then it caters to every shot value that you can think of. Bump and runs, trickle downs, lack putts, et cetera, et cetera. I have a list of 55 shots just on the pit. So if you come over to the pit, you're, it's going to be a Disneyland for you uh, with the shots that you're going to find there. But the wife of my client doesn't, re- doesn't, do- doesn't care. She cares about the lights in the, at night. And when you light that thing up, it's just like, holy moly, wow, what a sculpture.
0: Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I definitely recommend the listeners check that out if they've not already seen that one, Augustine. So I don't know, I've never seen anything like it before, Adam, I'm not sure if you had, but um, I mean, if we were to, you know, Augustine, I think the thing that I'm probably most curious about is you speak very, so passionately about the artistic and creative side of it. And I love listening. You're you're a very enthusiastic person. It's one of the reasons that we've, we're so happy that you would come on and talk to the audience mm-hmm. here. Um but at the same time, you know, if we were being maybe stereotypical, you might say, well, some people who focus on the art and the creativity side of things um, are going to get very focused on how they create that perfect sculpture, that perfect piece piece of art, and that would really consume a lot of their time. But what intrigues me is that you also have another side of things where you're 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 using um, that creativity to say, well, how can we bring new people into the game, and then even uh, sort of more positive side of the game you're trying to bring young people into the game. And I know you've um you got, we'll put this link in the show notes for people to check it out, but you're uh, taking on an advisory role with a, a programme that helps um, young females to potentially transition into college golf in America, which is really interesting. But also, some people that are listening, they might know you for the link that you've had with the WGC in Mexico and the First Tee Mexico programme. And anyone who knows about golf development, they've probably heard about the First Tee programme from the States. And I find it fascinating that you know someone who's very focused on the development of design things also is looking to try and you bring new people, children into the game essentially. Um, if if we were to say speak again in ten years' time, what positive evolution in the golf industry would you like us to be talking about with regards to these two different strands of work that you're doing?
2: I would say that there is room for everybody, and there is room for. Uh, different golf development, and I'm not. And I'm, I love designing 18 hole golf complexes. I love them. And if you invite me in six months' time or in a year's time, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna show you a project that we're designing right now that I cannot talk about, but it's going to be. I I think that it's going to turn some heads and raise some eyebrows. So, uh, and that's a master plan community, by the way. So, uh, with that said, the the so I, I i what why i'm saying that is that i don't want people to believe that i only do boutique designs wellness golf no we do the whole uh enchilada as we say in mexico we've we really well one of our specialists and we've won a uh, we've won a, an award on the british uh from the british magazine build on uh on top um top resort designers in the world so um so with that said, I, 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 we'll talk about that in, in some other time. To go back to your question, in ten years' time, I would really love for the for the this you know one of the one of the the worst or most dangerous phrases out there is we have always done it this way. I would invite everybody. I, it, we, we
0: say we say in Scotland, it's I been this way.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I would invite everybody that's listening uh, to erase that phrase from your mind. Because no, that that's not how you should do it. Or maybe yes, but break it down. Criticize it. Critical thinking. Ask yourself. If you, what you, you know, if you, what you think, you know, is correct, maybe it's not. And that's on all aspects, not only architecture. On any belief you have, question yourself all the time and challenge yourself. That is, that is one of, at least for me, one of the best exercises that I can do with my mind. So that keeps me creative. That keeps me on my toes, that and other things, but, but that, that without. that, Talking about this subject, that's what I would put in there. And the other one is be co- be coherent, which is, coherence is one of the toughest things that we will be in our lifetime, to say, to think, and to do the same thing in a coherent way. Now, with that said, yes, we're doing the first team. That is a great initiative from, it started with the WGC Mexico Championship in 2017. We've, we're now uh, a little bit over 250 underprivileged children playing golf for free in Mexico. And that is a great initiative by Grupo Salinas and Mr. Benjamin Salinas, who honored me to become the director of that. And we're, I think we're doing a fantastic job uh, at, with we as in the whole team, everybody that's out there. And why I, what I mean by being coherent is that if, if I want to grow the game on one side, I need to grow it on the other. I need to be there. When I design a golf course, I'm thinking also about the children. I'm designing the bunker is not the size of the bunker, that I'm just thinking about how to get out of there. I'm thinking about the kids that can go in there and play it as a sandbox. I'm thinking about the slope that I just designed. Yes, I'm thinking about a shot there, but I'm also thinking about the kids that can have fun and roll their way down on that slope because that's how you're gonna get the kids to grow the game. You're gonna have to give them a very good uh, a, a, a place to play, because that's how the love of the game starts, by playing, yes? You've heard it from some of the best players. I used to enjoy this go- the, 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 the game and I'm not enjoying it anymore, or I, I need to get back to where I enjoyed it. So those happy feelings, that's what I want to trigger in my designs as well. So yeah. that brings me back to the multi-purpose golf that I, that we're designing now. We're designing multi-purpose golf. How, I mean, the golf course is out there. How do you use it and reuse it and reuse it? And from that inspiration came from the from the game boards that we play in the house, which you you play one side Chinese checkers, you flip it over, you play chess, you flip it over, you play some other things. That's how I, I envisioned a golf course that could play in different and various ways or that can uh, uh, find a use in different ways. And that's how Wellness Golf and Golf Lounge and, and now the new master plan community that we're doing, it's just, that's just going to be the uh, epitome of all of these uh, uh, late uh, experiments.
0: You know, that's fascinating because what you're talking about there is environment and um, the environment that you're creating. And that's um, something that's talked a lot about, I guess, in, in my world and in golf development in the last few years is how can you create the right environment for the game to thrive and for the game to grow and for people to be interested. And it also links in with something that we were talking about just yesterday. Um, and that's the you know simple things like pitch and putt and um, even crazy golf, you know, right down to mm-hmm. something which... You know, as a very uh, passionate junior golfer growing up, playing a lot and getting very competitive very early on. You know, very soon after that, you kind of move past the crazy golf thing, um, and you sort of maybe look down on it a little bit. You know, well, that's not really golf because you're trying to learn about the real game and you're trying to play like the pros on the courses and everything. But you forget, and then you come back and you work in golf development, and you actually realise. You know, leading up to the, the Open that was meant to be at St George's this year, England Golf were doing a project with the RNA to do uh, nine different crazy putting, crazy golf courses that are on the coastline along St. by near St George's. And they were going to run um, introductory competitions that were all termed Road to the Open. And it was essentially, you know, that's how a lot of people experience the game for the first time. And we joke about it when you're a golfer, and you watch your Happy Gilmore movies, and you see him, you know, <laughs> with, with, with the clown and all this kind of stuff. And uh, but that is really, really true. And I think like there's an element of that that has been lost in what we try to do with growing the game you getting right back to that fun stuff and our our, the other quick point i'll make is our colleague mike um who is uh, doing gather with us he put an amazing post recently adam where he'd taken one of his young sons to the golf course for the first time and it was literally the most heartwarming little post you could see on linkedin and it talked about how they would had a chance to go out driving the buggy um jumping in the rivers which were the burns in front of the green you know playing in the sand making a sandcastle in the bunker and everything and there was no one else around and he did it at his local club and he checked with the manager and all this kind of thing so he prepared because he knew what he needed to ask for in terms of permission but ultimately it was just a really obvious thing you know that's how a kid is going to feel comfortable in that environment and if they don't feel comfortable especially if they're not from a golfing family how are they ever going to be interested in the
2: game Well, that is beautiful what you're saying. That is poetry, Colin. That is, because that's, you go back, you don't even have to talk about golf. Go back to when you were seven, six, seven or eight and you wanted to be a firefighter. You wanted to be a, a football player. You wanted to be a golfer. You wanted to be whoever. When does that dream stop? It stops when the adults tell you to be serious, to not hallucinate, to pay attention at school, that's when they cut a lot of creativity away from you. So, imagine when you're when you're doing this that that gentleman that brought his son to that and doing the sand castles and doing the sand angels or whatever. That is beautiful. That is that is the reverse. His son, if he continues like that, is going to be one of the most creative minds out there.
0: Now, he's going to love to hear that when he when he listens back and, and edits this podcast for us uh, and I have to say it's like it's um, kind of life life lessons here I was going to say thank you for some real words of wisdom earlier on to some of your responses which I know that we're, people will pick up on as great advice but as a father of a young boy uh, that certainly is hitting me right, right between the eyes here, and reminding me: stop saying no, stop saying don't do that, and um, you know, remember the, remember the words of Augustine that'll be probably coming back to me in the next few weeks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, moving moving on a little bit, um, we, you know, from maybe just from a bit of a selfish perspective, we're starting off in this gather journey, as you know, recently, and we've we've launched our manifesto and put the values out there that really kind of try to tell people what we're all about, and. If we were to say, well, who's who's driving golf in your region, and who's driving golf in Latin America generally, and how could Gather potentially help that? Would you have any advice for us?
2: Of course, of course. I mean, uh, we would have to be a little bit more specific, but yes, I mean, I I love I love all these movements. uh, To be honest, Colin, uh, I, I congratulate you guys because it's part of what of of what we need to do. We need a little bit or a lot of rethinking it's just it's just again it doesn't matter if we go full circle and then we're at we're where we're at and that's it but try it experiment question yourself question the game question everything and then if we go back full circle perfect okay great but now we know what we're doing it's all justified it's great it's perfect It's not because of this is the way that it has been done. So I would, of course, I would love, I would love to see how Gather can work their way up in the industry and just disrupt a little bit in a good way. I, I don't mean it in a disrespect. Disrupting in a good way, in a positive way, is very positive. Is very positive. It just creates other angles of the sport we love the game we love it is just an absolute beauty to be part of this industry
0: fantastic words thank you very much um thank you again also just for the offer of that and help and one of our hopes from starting our content pieces one of which is this podcast and we're going to be talking to people from all over the world in future episodes is that it prompts both thinking and um, ideas and creativity and challenge within the community that are listening, but also with us ourselves. And it's given us every conversation we've had up until this point with some people who have been kind of giving given us silent advice and recommendations and encouragement um, to this point before we, we launched they've all given us uh, clues as to where we could go next. And it's almost like pulling in little threads and seeing where they all go. And there's another few of those threads that have definitely come out for me today as well. And, um, you know, before we were to wrap up today, because I really appreciate that we've taken um, a good part of your time here and I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, would there be any any sort of final words of wisdom or words of advice or anything, message <laughs> that you'd maybe like to pass on to the, the Gather community in particular, you know, I think, you know, from our conversations, the kind of people that work in the industry that are hopefully going to be um, listening to this. And what what would be the message that you would pass?
2: Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of messages. And it and it's very, you know, it's that, those are one of the tougher ones to do, Colin, because people are living different parts of life and different uh, experiences right now, especially right now. There are, you know, it's easy to say, Oh, follow your passion and continue. You know, there are I've learned that not every time is passion involved. Sometimes it's necessity. Sometimes it's it's for another reason. So for what whatever the situation anybody is in, I would just, you know, I would just say be perseverant regardless of your motivation be perseverant because perseverance will get you places there's nobody nobody will beat somebody that's that perseveres nobody you cannot finish a person that cannot be knocked down so uh, talent like i said talent gets you to a certain level perseverance gets you to the next levels now if you have talent and perseverance that's where the real magic comes in, and that's where you have the Tiger Woods, the Jack Nicholas's, the Michael Jordans. But that's but that that's that's another story. You know, that's that's a different. I, we can all get there. I'll promise you. We just need to find what we're talented for, and if we have the perseverance, you can create anything, and you can do anything. You just have to believe. So it's just a regardless the situation. That you're in. Keep your chin up and go straight and don't stop pedaling. Remember, the per- the person that falls from the bike is the one that stops pedaling. So we just have to continue. That's it. That, that, that's it. I, I cannot say anything more, Colin, because it's uh it would be it would be very, very irresponsible on my part. Well, that's really wise words to finish and really appreciate that. Um,
0: the passion that you put into this conversation, Augustine, as you do with every conversation that we have. There's some real insights and learnings from this that we will Thank do you. our best to to draw out and um and share with our audience. And um just as a as a final word, is there somewhere uh, where could people find you if they were looking for you? Would they uh, what online channels and books, videos, anything that you would like them to check out?
2: Thank you. Yes, of course. And I was speaking of that, uh uh, of, of, of that exit, I think I would love to invite everybody to listen to my TED Talk. Uh, I'll send you the link. I did a TED Talk in Tijuana, so uh, my birthplace, uh, and um, and it's about that. I invite you in that talk that I designed in, 2000, in 2014, I created an 18 whole journey with me that for every hole is a word that identifies me with, or that has uh, followed me throughout my career. And that is, you know, hole number one is like optimism. Uh, the word perseverance would be there. The word fear would be there. Uh, you know, uh, bits and pieces. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Instagram, at Pisa Golf. Uh, LinkedIn. Everything at Pisa Golf or Twitter A R Q P I Z A or or Google Augustin Pisa. Whatever you want to do, if you have the time, I would really appreciate it. And if anybody has any questions, just drop them, and uh, and uh, and I'm sure I'll I'll, I'll answer them.
0: Hopefully some point in the future, we will have the opportunity to bring um, maybe a, a gather overseas flight, and we'll come and visit you in Mexico, and you can show us some of your designs firsthand. So,
2: oh, definitely. Um, I would love love to have you, and also uh, I'll show you some good tequila. Well, now that we've both finished our working day, we can
0: kick back and have a tequila or a whiskey tonight and uh, <laughs> celebrate this conversation, and we can leave you to drink coffee and get on with your working day. Yeah,
2: exactly. I'm just yes. smiling, so uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, this. I love this. Love this, uh, this. atmosphere. Thank you very much again for having me. I really appreciate it, and uh, and, and keep on keep on disrupting. That's that's the that's the the, the most important thing that we can do in our lives.